The table is open. Welcome to Below the Upper Room. Hi, Kenzie. Hi, Adriana. And welcome to Below the Upper Room. And welcome to you, listener. Welcome to our our space. Our fireside chat. Movie review. Yes. So I almost said this is our first movie <laughs> review, but that is not true. <laughs> um, so we mentioned on our most recent episode that we, we just kind of decided we should go see Jesus Revolution. Kind of on a whim, but we did. We actually did it. Yeah, we followed through. And we saw the movie and we had a lot of thoughts. Good and bad. Good and bad. This is not going to be a bashing of the movie. We both actually enjoyed it. So we're going to give our full thoughts. We're going to go plot point point by plot point. um, Take you through the movie. This is not a spoiler-free zone. Although Yeah, we're going to spoil everything. Yeah. um, So join us on this journey, if you will. The special bonus movie review episode. So last episode, we recorded on Friday... And we said, let's actually go see this movie because we don't want to judge it without seeing it. We don't want to give our opinions without seeing it. And we were also just intrigued on how they were going to tell this story. Because I didn't know much about it. Um, I really only learned about Lonnie Frisbee from that episode. I kind of knew a little bit about the Jesus Revolution, but I learned a lot from the episode we did. And so we were just curious to see how the movie stacked up to what we know to be the truth. Yes. So Monday, I get on my AMC um, app. I am an (laughs) A-lister. This isn't sponsored or anything, but if you see a lot of movies like I do, I would highly recommend becoming an AMC A-lister. As someone who's not an AMC A-lister, I highly recommend getting a friend who is because <laughs> I see a lot of movies that way. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's just $25 a month, but you can see up to three movies per week through the app. No cost to you, except it is a cost to you because you do see, you do pay $25 a month. But if you see up to like, even if you see one movie per week, you're getting your money's worth. It's a deal. It's a deal. And sometimes there's like little specials that they have. Like on, um, you know, those movie snacks and stuff are really expensive. And sometimes you get like little discounts and stuff. So So we support going to the movie theater. And that's what we did. So we met about the theater in our local mall. Honestly, I love a mall. I like walking around in it. It kind of reminds me of days gone by, days gone past. And it's kind of inspiring to see people still at the mall. Well, it's so sad to see. I see on social media people are saying, the youths don't hang out at the mall anymore. I don't know about you guys. The kids are still hanging out at the they mall where we the live. Mall. We live in Oklahoma, so there's not really any place where kids can go to like hang out. And trust me, we still, I mean, they've actually made the curfew earlier we've had a lot of stabbings in our city oh, lately yeah. so th- which i don't think that's really the youth's fault in my opinion but they have i'm not saying we're some teenage haven but i'm glad that kids are still going to the mall and have a place to hang out at least yeah i remember going to the mall first time with all my parents Very when i was up. in eight i saw grade. a movie i remember i saw a movie i don't remember what movie it was me my sister and our friend Jaden, and we 
went to, I think Forever 21, and I didn't realize her mom was not going to go with us. She dropped us off, and I was like, what is going on? Solo. Yeah, so I do love a mall, and... We walk into the theater. We walked in. It's 7.30 on a Monday night. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't expecting huge crowd, but I was pleasantly surprised to see smatterings of couples and all old people all elderly people we were the youngest by probably 25 years you know maybe they looked at us and we gave them hope like wow look at these youths coming to enjoy a jesus movie mm-hmm. i usually go um to the movies at like times where other people's aren't going like you know late on a weekday and it was it was 7 30 on a weekday so i didn't really expect a whole lot of people that's the most people i've seen at a weekday evening showing in quite a while i go to wednesday movie nights at um it's like a one of those brew houses plus movie theater Ooh. where they bring you food i know it's bougie but it's five dollar <laughs> wednesdays i mean it's a five dollar movie and yes they're hoping you order food as well but and those are pretty packed but they're smaller theaters so I feel, and, you know, they got that $5 incentive. So I feel like this mm-hmm. was a true showing of who's going to show up for this movie on a weeknight. Yeah, and I saw the box office of Jesus Revolution, and I apparently it's doing pretty well from what my understanding is. Um, I mean, it's made back its budget, which hey, some films can't them. even say that. <laughs> <laughs> good for them. So... Uh, we thought we'd start by kind of going plot point. Plot, why do I, I keep saying plot point? <laughs> plot plot point. point by <laughs> plot point. Um, so our movie opens. We have really focusing on our two main characters, Chuck Smith, a Southern California well, pastor, and then our other dude, Greg Laurie. Yeah, and our movie opens with Greg, mm-hmm. and he is living in a trailer on the beach with his mom, <laughs> with his deadbeat mom. Poor woman. And she's not just like <laughs> she's just like laid in she bed. She has a cigarette. Ninety percent of the movie. <laughs> he literally. I think most of her scenes are probably shot in like one day because yeah. it's just her in the bed. Same, <laughs> but. I was confused by Greg's age because they show him at, like, some kind of police academy. I thought... Maybe he was in, like, military school. I don't know. I don't know. He's riding his bike in some kind of uniform. I was like, oh, is he a postal worker? That was literally my first thought. (laughs) I was like, okay, I support the postal workers. And he's driving by... He's not a postal worker, by the way. And one of the house he rides by is Chuck Smith. And then we go in to Chuck Smith. So Chuck Smith is your typical pastor with um, a church that's slowly dying. Um, This is not a new story um, because he cannot connect with the youth. They're watching TV. They see the hippies protesting and they... They're angry about it. And him and his wife are like, these darn hippies. Mm -hmm. And his daughter goes, you know, I think they're... I mean, I really saw myself in that moment. I was like, oh God, it's like young teenage Adriana. I was like, you know, I think what they're doing is actually really beautiful. That was like me when Casey Musgraves did her Follow Your Arrow performance at like the Country Music Awards. And your parents were like, I don't understand. And I was like, actually, I think what she did was really beautiful. (laughs) Anyway. Well, the daughter has some quips. I feel like the daughter's kind of serves as like, she's supposed to be... I guess the mouthpiece for the of, youth for for the youth like she's the embodiment of like 
the this generation and she's like you guys both want the same thing you want peace and she said something really sassy that the whole entire theater went oh, oh yeah what is what was that she line? was like she was hit her, her the dad was like well i don't get it i don't understand oh the dad is also kelsey graham i thought he did a great job by the way i really <laughs> like his performance yeah which i'm pretty sure he's done something controversial oh, well. he's like well, I think he's a Republican and people hate him for that. Oh, right, right. But I well, think he also did something else. I can't remember. I don't know who the man was. I did not know who Kelsey Grammer was, but I, I like I thought the acting was pretty good in this movie. I'll <laughs> yeah, I, I will say before we keep going with the plot, I thought it was shot nice. Mm-hmm. I thought it had it looked and I thought the acting was great. I thought the costuming was good with one exception, <laughs> and we'll get to that. And I just it seemed to have a high production value. Like, it seemed like people knew what they were doing and took a lot of care into telling the story. I mean, story. it's obviously a Christian-centered film. I mean, the whole movie is about a Christian movement. But it doesn't feel like... I mean, they... It's hard to say, like, were they trying to make that quote-unquote Christian movie? Because it really feels like they actually tried to, like, well, make a movie. Well, I think the production company was a Christian Well, then there you go. But I, it doesn't feel like... They were trying, it truly felt like they were just trying to tell this story and the story happened to be a very Christian story. And, you know, I, I'm sure, you know, everyone's got an agenda. Yeah. So, so this is by the, the production company is called Kingdom Story Company Hmm. and they've only been around since 2018. And I guess this is their first like dip into the real big big movie world movie world well i liked it um so i remember what the daughter said the daughter said like maybe that's why your church is empty on sundays to her dad she said wait she was like she's like maybe that's why your church is empty on sunday and the whole theater like us and the old people went ooh, like went, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it was which was pretty fun so back to greg so obviously chuck smith is his pastor of a dying church back to greg will so we clarify yeah it's in, in the- our ch- it's in our cutting between chuck and greg yes and greg is in the junior reserve officers training corps so he's high school age which i didn't realize that and also the girl he ends up meeting and dating is also high school which it was very concerning at first because at first we didn't know he was high school age and there was some dialogue that i was like oh he better be there age like this is weird so he he's okay so greg is very creative he likes to film things with his camera and doodle and doodle he likes to draw he's doodling in class looking out he's a dreamer he's not meant for the reserve corps he's a dreamer they tell him they do a nuclear bomb uh drill drill they have to remind you that it's during the cold war oh this is also taking place in like on uh in southern california i think that might kind of affect the story a little bit for your understanding um and they do a nuclear bomb test and all his peers get under their desk they're sheep just kidding (laughs) it was a metaphor greg and greg doesn't get under his desk and his teacher's like greg get under your desk and greg is like um that's stupid if a nuclear bomb dropped we would all die so why should i get under my desk he doesn't follow the status quo that greg he's kind of a rebel (laughs) so we have so our two main characters to start we've got the old guy chuck smith current pastor we got greg 
disillusioned dreamer looking for meaning. So then he bicycles out of class. He passes by what I thought was a college campus. Turns out it's a high school. Thank God. Um, because he's also high school aged. And but, he... I, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> he comes across the high school and he starts videoing a group of kids. Now, if you're thinking Greg is like an adult man, this is very creepy. But luckily, we learn they're both high school aged. Yeah. Well... Still kind of weird. At but first, <laughs> I thought they were both adults. So I was like, oh, I guess that's not that weird. Like, he's just getting B-roll. But then he starts filming this girl for a little too long. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. And then he was like, the group of kids he's filming come up to him. They're hippies, by they're the way. They're hippies, guys. They're they're groovy. They, they do drugs, and you can tell. <laughs> yeah. And they go up to him, and they're like, dude, why are you filming us? And they're like, why aren't you? And Greg is like, you you high school age kids, you crazy. And I'm like, whoa, is Greg a man? And he's talking, <laughs> he's filming these children and talking to them. Luckily, it establishes that Greg is also yeah. in high school. He later transfers to the high school, which I was like, okay, that makes you feel You're like, thank God. <laughs> thank God. <laughs> but, um, so then these hippies immediately invite him to a concert and he goes because he has a crush on one of them yes and that's kathy who is greg greg laurie's real wife this is their meet cute meet cute he started filming her and she was like why are you doing that but she was immediately smitten smitten by him for some reason and i mentioned earlier that all the costuming and makeup were like pretty pretty good with one exception, the actress who plays Kathy is the one exception. They, you know that thing that people are like, it this person should not be a um, period piece actor or actress because it looks like they've seen an iPhone. That's her. She looked like Madeline Klein. <laughs> yeah. But, but I think if they did her makeup and hair differently, she would fit the part. Why does this girl living in 1970 California have bleach blonde, like almost crimped beachy waves? And then at the end, it actually shows like a real picture of, of Kathy. And like, she's like naturally Kathy. long curly hair. She looks like she's from the 70s because she was. And this actress doesn't look anything. I'm like, I think that when people try to make movies set in the past, they try to make the actors be attractive by 2020 yeah standards where it's like okay if, if a girl was walking around looking like that in the 70s people would be like why does your hair look like that yeah she'd stick out it'd be and weird her eye makeup also like i swear she has like glitter like <laughs> eyeliner in one scene i'm like literally what but so, anyway sorry that's just okay. a sidebar so they go to the concert and they so this is going to be a bit confusing but here's how we're going to explain it so we're seeing back and forth so here's greg's perspective greg is at a concert he's having a blast um they acid falls from the sky i don't know how accurate. did that actually i happen? have no idea a plane flies so at this concert a plane flies overhead tabs of acid are like dropped onto the people they take it greg has like some spiritual experience. He's like, I'm going to live the hippie lifestyle now. I have no idea if that actually happened. Maybe it did. Meanwhile, our 
Um, Chuck Smith's daughter. Which I don't remember what her name is. I don't either. We'll call her. Did she even have a name? Let's let's see. Um, Janet. Janet. That's a very, very good name. Very good name. So Janet is driving along in her car. She sees this, whoa, kind of Jesus looking figure walking along the side of the road in a colorful cape. That says um, Jesus on the back. That says, like, Jesus loves you or something on the back. And, of course, this is the 70s. She's like, hey, need a ride? They talk about God, like, the whole time. And this is cut between him. The, so she brings home this figure. By the way, this is Lonnie Frisbee. She's like, you got to meet my dad. Well, it's because the dad earlier, we forgot to mention, when he's watching the news story about the hippies, she was like, why don't you try, like talking to them or something and he was like i'll only talk to a hippie if like god brings a hippie to me and that's exactly and what Janet's god did like well god brought a hippie to you now you got to talk to him because chuck smith i mean it's the classic odd cop odd couple he's like what's this hippie doing in my house and lonnie frisbee is you know hugging him and being very loving and but you know they have a really good discussion about god and lonnie calls him out he calls him out like your church, the doors are shut to people. That is why your church is dying, basically. And he's like, I've been up in San Francisco. People who are doing drugs, they are looking for something. And what they're looking for is God. And meanwhile, this is interspersed between Greg having this trip, this LSD trip with Kathy. It's kind of very pointed because Lonnie's like, you know, these kids, they're doing drugs because they don't have a direction and they're trying to find something. And then they like, flashes back to like greg like like they should make drugs look so cool i'm just kidding (laughs) but it's like it's like lonnie's like drugs you know this generation they're so lost and drugs are so bad and then it's like greg in the field having like having like a loving and positive experience which here's the thing yeah drugs are bad like i'm gonna be like adrian you're so lame you're such a boomer whatever yeah drugs can be bad but i know like people have had like good spiritual experiences like long-term cancer patients they've done lots of studies with like mushrooms like the effects and there's a lot of like i believe there are benefits but i also see lonnie's point like i do think when you are searching for something or you're running from something yeah you do a lot of drugs and alcohol like i i feel like that's not like a crazy statement to make but not necessarily i don't think you're always like looking for god necessarily but i do think if you are like sometimes you're looking for a distraction yes like i think if you are truly at that point where you have to numb yourself constantly which is that's just addiction not just addiction it is addiction like yeah that is bad that's not a good thing so i i see what lonnie's but lonnie's looking at it from a christian perspective and he started these movements because he was doing drugs and he so he under he has that understanding he's from the streets he knows and so he's telling chuck smith his pastor like you gotta open your heart basically and you gotta open up your church doors to people that are different than you and maybe are runaways and unhoused and are drug addicts like you gotta open up your doors and that's Mm -hmm. not a thing a lot of people want to do i mean even today like it's not something that I feel like a lot a lot of churches try to do that, but in that capacity that Lonnie was asking Chuck Smith to do, I feel like that was very unique for the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so Lonnie takes some of his, his hippie buddies to Chuck's church, and they're sitting in the pews, 
and the 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 of his 20 member congregation which they live in a very populous city and they have 20 people in their church like they i'm like they should be clamoring and be like, oh, new members, got to get them signed in. And like, you know, but obviously these new members are kind of... They're different. They're, they're different. They're hippies. They're probably homeless. They probably don't have a lot of money to put into the offering plate. But the problem is the rest of the members of this congregation are buttoned up and kind of snooty. And they're looking down. And afterwards, after... um Chuck introduces Lonnie to the congregation and um, says, oh, we have a couple new faces here. The, you know, church members go up to Chuck and they're like, hey, you got to ban this guy. (laughs) (laughs) We hate him. Um, And, but there's, there's a lot of, I mean, honestly, the movie's pretty funny. Like, I'm not saying every joke landed, but I was chuckling. I was chuckling throughout the movie. There's a scene where he like asks, everyone for their bibles and it's the hippies that all have their bibles um there's a scene where lonnie he brings in this worship band they play contemporary music and they're like okay and everyone give a round of applause for our drummer he's got to go back in prison to finish out his His drug drug sentence sentence. (laughs) he only got three more months everyone's like yay and the the congregation is mortified but all the hippies there are like yeah you were cracking up the people in the theater some of them were not cracking up i thought it was funny maybe we were just super funny and cool. We just had a better sense of humor. So all while Chuck is trying to integrate Lonnie into his church and every single Sunday Lonnie brings more and more people and sometimes Lonnie preaches and of course like Adriana said they bring in the contemporary music and now there's starting to be more hippies than there were church people. And I want to add about the contemporary music this band I think it's called Love Song Mm -hmm. I mean of course, there's a lot. We kind of touched on this when we were discussing our Hillsong, the Hillsong documentary we watched. But there's, I mean, you can trace a lot of, like, the way music even is today, like Christian contemporary music, a lot of that can be traced to this kind of style. I mean, it took, like, they took it from, like, almost folky kind of styles, hippie styles of music, and they just changed the lyrics to be more you know christian and and wrote christian songs but in that style of music and so that was a big deal at the time yeah a lot of um contemporary christian music is influenced by the pentecostal church Mm -hmm. which this um you know calvary which is the name of calvary Calvary church calvary chapel church calvary church chapel chuck smith's place (laughs) Calvary Chapel Chapel, um, has a Pentecostal influence. And of course, Hillsong has a Pentecostal influence too. Which Um, when you think about the different kind of styles of worship, like Pentecostal is more brash. It's more open, like big. And I feel like that was more Lonnie's style. Like it was very much, you know, people yelling and saying praises. Um, But that's, I mean, that's not only a Pentecostal thing, but I do feel like which I can't find, like, what was Chuck Smith's original denomination before he made this the new church? Because I was trying to figure that out. Like, where was the clash, you know? Like, what was Chuck Smith's... Here, I'm just going to take a moment. Mm-hmm. So why Adriana is trying to do that, while this conflict is happening between Chuck Smith and his congregation because more and more hippies are showing up to his church... Um, it's intercutting scenes with Greg and his new friends. 
Greg drops out of the military school or whatever, enrolls in the high school so he can meet with Kathy. You might think, ah, oh, creep, but it's cute. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, we don't, we aren't mad at it. Um, to just jump in, I guess he, so it says in the late 1950s, Smith was the campaign manager and worship director for healing evangelist Paul Kane. I don't know who that is. Hopefully he hasn't done anything super well, evil or terrible. Well, he probably has. But he probably has. I mean, I don't want to speak ill of anyone, but who knows. And then after being a pastor for a different denomination, he left Wait, his denominational... Sorry. Okay, just repeat everything okay. that you just said. So just to jump in, and there's really not... A, it's not super clear, but it appears that Chuck Smith... Originally, like apparently, he was a worship director by a for a healing evangelist, um, and then after being a pastor for a different denomination, okay, he was ordained in the International Church of the Four Square Gospel. Don't know what that is, um, but then he, I guess, joined a non-domination, no, sorry, non-denominational church plant, and then eventually moved to a small pre-existing church called the Calvary Chapel. So. Well, in the movie, it seems like, oh, Chuck is from a totally different world than Lonnie. But, yeah. like, literally, it says that he was part of, like, a healing evangelist Which troop. we'll troop. get to that, but yeah. Lonnie is very big into that. And we'll kind of talk about our feelings about that. Yeah. So, meanwhile, so we have meanwhile, Greg. He's enrolled in high school now. He's hanging out with Kathy and her hippie friends. Yes. He's hanging out with Kathy and her hippie friends. He enrolls into Kathy's high school, drops out of middle school, uh, drops out of <laughs> military school, and you might think, oh, that's kind of creepy, but it's cute, guys. Yeah. It's cute. It's Him and Kathy, they have very, like, innocent first love, like, puppy love, but... They're on a lot of drugs. Yes. <laughs> They're doing a lot of acid. And, you know, it's... Kathy's such an interesting character because she... Greg obviously does not have a very stable home life. It's established that his um, father has left him and his mother. His mother, obviously... It's kind of a um, mess. Yes, is... And so Greg is obviously... They're very setting him up. Greg is searching for something. Yeah, and then Kathy... Greg is like... My dad left. And Kathy's like, I wish mine would sometimes. Like, Kathy- and then she goes home to her big ass house to her loving parents and sister. And I'm like, Kathy, girl. They're on all these drugs. And Kathy's little sister tags along with them one night. And Kathy's sister almost dies. Yeah. And she almost starts choking on her own vomit. And they're all so high, they don't know how to help her. Which these are, it's obviously rich kids partying because the rule at a kickback is one of you has to be at least kind of sober. But everybody's (laughs) so high off of weed and acid and alcohol and amphetamines and stuff like that. And then Kathy's like, I can't do this lifestyle anymore. Like, there's go to a screening of Romeo and Juliet, which, you know, the 1970s version. And so I was excited to see that. I was like, oh my God, I love that version. Um, And Greg's like, oh my God, I love Kathy. And he stands up and Kathy, like, storms out of the movie theater. She's like, I is obviously high. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And Greg's like, what's wrong? And Kathy's like, I can't do this anymore. And then she runs away. Greg is like a freak out. And starts, um, he, he's in a van. He's in a van with the friends. Everyone's high. The person who's driving is high. They almost die. They get in a car crash. Well, they, 
I mean, they almost get in a car accident. And Greg stumbles out of the van and just starts running because he's like, I'm going to die. He sees the word die written on the car. <laughs> that was so funny. And I don't so know what like, that meant. Like He was just having a bad trip. I don't know. But he run he he lays on the ground basically he's like i'm gonna die i'm gonna die and then uh, who should come out of the rain it's lonnie frisbee it's like our two storylines that are intercutting between each other have finally joined together so lonnie frisbee is like hey man like he's gonna be okay i'm gonna sit with you you're not gonna die it's gonna be you're gonna you're alive right now i mean it's a very sweet moment because he's like i mean lonnie the real life Lonnie and the Lonnie's movie, he's been through this before. And so, I mean, I just really appreciated how, at least in the beginning, they showed how much true empathy Lonnie just seemed to really have for people. Like, he had a lot of, and Greg, this is not the moment Greg decides to join the church. Like, Greg actually runs away. And Lonnie even tells him, like, you're going to keep running, but, like, the only thing that's going to help you is God. Like, that's what you're running from. And Greg literally runs away. Like, literally runs away into the night. Um, and he's having, he's having some conflict. Meanwhile, Kathy is also disillusioned, but they decide to be friends again. They kind of make up the next day at school. And I just have to talk about the scene that takes place at the school really quick. So we have, they're having like, that's why I thought this was like a college campus. Cause it seems like a college campus vibe. Well, they have just speakers just on the grounds. It's Southern California in the seventies. <laughs> like there. things are just different there. So they have like random speakers just on the grounds. I don't know if it was to, supposed to be like different religious groups because what they have first is a black man talking about how the church has hurt black people and i'm like you know i maybe this movie's trying to portray that as a bad thing but i'm on his side yeah like, he's he's absolutely right and then but he has this line he goes all right let's hear it from the satanist the, <laughs> and the satanist gets up says his little spiel um and then lonnie gets up and he's like hey man i really like your vest like honestly i'm glad that the whole moment was portrayed like in the way that it was. I was like, ooh, Satanism. Like, it's supposed to be kind of funny. But I I was like, ooh, what was that first part? About, you know, what was, how was that supposed to be portrayed? Like, it's supposed to be bad that this black man was talking about, I don't know what group he was promoting. It didn't say, I didn't even say what church what he was promoting, but he just was like, you know, the church has used the Bible to keep um, people in slavery and like and I was like mm, he's not wrong and so I don't know why that moment was portrayed in the movie as almost a joke but that was just kind of one of those moments I was like eh, like if that was supposed to be a joke kind yeah. of fell flat but I also liked that Lonnie didn't freak out over the Satanist I thought that was good at least because Satanists we, are very there's a misconception about Satanists yeah. they're cool like they're <laughs> they're all about like I think a lot because of like the satanic panic and stuff. Like, first of all, they don't actually Satanists don't actually like believe in Satan. It, they're just There's like not real. They're people who believe in yeah. Satan. They're they're they don't worship Satan. They just it's kind of like a counter movement to. It's like a not a joke, but like it's a satire on Christianity. They're like a non-religious group, but they organize themselves as a religious group, and they do a lot of. Like, they do service projects like churches do and stuff, but yeah, they get a bad rap. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, when you take our religion's biggest villain and then make it your leader, I mean, people in 
religion, you're going to be like, what is that? And I feel like you almost have to be in the know or have some knowledge of history to be like, guys, it's not actually like a religion. Yeah, they're not like, actually worshiping Satan. Like, that's not what it is. And it's, it's just interesting. But so Lonnie, uh-oh, what's this? Lonnie sees Greg again. They're reconnecting. They see each other again. He's like, Lonnie's like, hey, I got this thing going. Come out to my church. Like, And it's funny because at the same time Lonnie's talking, one of Greg and Kathy's hippie friends is like, guys, come into my van so we can do weed and like, stuff. So, so, So Greg and Kathy are kind of making this decision. They're like, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to stay here and listen to this guy talk. And Kathy was the one being like, I'm trying something new. And Greg was like, is this the something new? Which is believing God. She's like, you know what? I've tried pretty much everything and nothing else works. Like, I might as well try this. Which, honestly, like, I kind of appreciated how... I don't know if glib is the right word, but just like she was like, yeah, I am searching for something and, you know, maybe this will fill the hole in my heart. And I mean, it, it's kind of like what we talked about a little bit. Like people are searching for something. They want kind of that Jesus high. And, you know, for it to be portrayed this way, I was like, hmm, I don't know. But you see that Kathy truly does like have good intentions. At least like she does want to believe. She doesn't want just the Jesus high. Like, she, I mean, she's the one who ends up wanting to stay in it even when it's hard, which we'll get to that. But yeah, so one night, Kathy's been going to this church and it's blown up because initially we got to go back to Chuck's Standing story. room only. Because, so back to Chuck. This is a scene that like made me cry because <laughs> yes, I did cry in this movie. But I did. I cried as well. Yeah, like there's this scene where the church elders are going to Chuck and they're like, these hippies are dirty. They're driving away our paying members or whatever. And Chuck's like, what like who cares if they're dirty and then they're like well we care they're messing up the carpet with their bare feet and he's like the carpet anyway and so you don't really know where that's going well the next day there's this long line outside the church and like uh, and then i started crying because like the camera pans and you see it's chuck smith and he's washing each of the people's feet he has a bowl and a chair and as each person comes up he washes their feet and it's like i know some even i make fun of that a little bit like when people do that at weddings i'm like you're you're like like, i don't want to see your feet (laughs) it's just like a feet thing but i know there's like a really special and beautiful meaning behind it i'm not hating on that at all i just like the feet thing but I because I know the special and beautiful meaning behind it, like what it, that means, what that means in the Bible, um, like it was a very beautiful thing in the Bible. It was like I'm taking care of like the lesser, and so I cried because it just was such a nice thing to see. Well, actually, cleaning someone's feet is actually a sign of honor. It's yeah, not a sign, like like I am honoring you. That's, That's what I meant, like taking care deal. of the lesser. Yeah. Like even though you're technically supposed to be beneath me, I'm honoring you. Yeah, like, yeah. So I just I liked that moment. I hope it happened in real life. I couldn't tell you if it did or not. But so at that point, that kind of drives out the rest of the naysayers. But there's a couple people in the congregation who were, you know, the buttoned up people who go over and join the hippies. Yeah, there's a really I also cried during that Aww. part where um they like uh Chuck is like they're like uh like this is our congregation. This is what we're doing. And then like a couple people buttoned up. Mm-hmm. People walk away and then there's this one guy that's kind of been a part of this group that's been against um, the hippies against the hippies 
and he stands up and you think he's gonna walk out but he doesn't walk out he goes and sits next to the hippies and they hug him it's just a really sweet moment like and i know it sounds silly like hippies but it's not just them being hippies like these are people who are drug addicts these are people who are in house like it's supposed to be the people who you know jesus was with like like the poor the people who have nothing the people who are at the the end of their rope and like that is who like chuck smith has decided to open his doors to because lonnie was like like you're not this is how we're gonna get god to reach people is like you have shut your heart out and the doors like this is how we're gonna actually spread the word of god and i just I found that beautiful because I just feel like I haven't seen that portrayed very well in the media ever, which I'm not saying this is the best portrayal of that I've ever seen, but I will say I just found that scene very moving. So meanwhile, so the ch- after that, the church basically like explodes in popularity. Like people are standing room only. Um, more and more people are pouring into the church from all walks of life. And this is the church that Kathy has been going to. And she really wants Greg to come. And Greg shows up. He's immediately hugged by someone. They're like, welcome home. And I like, started tearing up. Oh, <laughs> I was like... I, I just cry yeah. during any movie. Like, I don't really cry a lot during real life. So, like, movies <laughs> is, like, the chance for me to get on my emotion. Yeah. So, they go into the... They, let's say they go into the movie. They go into the... <laughs> they go into the church and... um there it's like a service that's happening and this man comes in he's like i'm gonna die he's in a wheelchair it's implied maybe he's a veteran i don't know it was kind of hard to tell but he's in a wheelchair and he's talking about how he's gonna die they tell like we find out like he's addicted to drugs and Lonnie basically is like, everyone gather around. Like, yeah, in the middle of his preaching, this yes. guy comes in and is just like, shouting, I'm gonna die. Yeah. And Lonnie stops his preaching and goes, you're not gonna die. And they all, um, if you've ever been like in a prayer circle where like you put, you lay your hands on somebody. So the entire room lays their hands on this guy. And Greg is having a crisis. Not because like he's upset. Well, so he runs out. He's like, cr- and... Kathy runs after him. She's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? And he's crying. And she says, what is it? And she's like, do you not believe in it? And he's like, she's like, do you not think it's real? And he's like, no, that's the problem. It, it, I do think it's real. And like, I don't know why, but like that made me cry. I'm going to start crying now. Like, cause I also have this thing where it's like, oh, uh, like, it's not that I don't believe. It's just like, God, like if it is real, it's like, what does that mean? <laughs> but I know like faith is complicated. Like I know God is real, but there's got to be that wrestling. I mean, that's what faith is. We can't see it. Mm-hmm. We still believe in it anyway. And it's like, but when you really think about what that means, like what that really means to believe, it's it's kind of overwhelming. But I mean, that's what Israel means. Like the, you know, Jacob wrestling with God. That's mm-hmm. why he's called Israel is because he wrestles with God. Literally. <laughs> Literally. Or it's implied <laughs> to be God or an angel of some kind, you know. And that's just, I don't know, that moment made me emotional. Cause like, oh, I've been there. And so Kathy, she's like, Hey, like, we're going to figure it out together. Chuck and Lonnie, um... Did they get baptized before they start dating? No. It's it's after. They don't... Oh, they, like, he, yeah. he says the line after. So, so Chuck and Lonnie are like, okay, let's, let's go down and baptize these people. And they go down to Pirate's Cove, 
And they're like, arg. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they go down to Pirate's Cove. I think someone does make a joke. I think it's Lonnie. Lonnie makes a joke. Lonnie He's like, arg. <laughs> so, so they go down to Pirate's Cove and they baptize all these people. In the ocean. And, and Kathy gets baptized. And Greg is like, okay, now I guess it's my turn to get baptized. And it's they're Lonnie baptizing. that baptizes him, right? Yeah, and Lonnie looks into his eyes and it's like, I've been waiting for this moment since the first time I met you. Yeah. And he's like, like, since the first time I saw you on that street, I've been waiting for this. And he goes, do you believe? And he's like, he's like, what did he say? He's like, I think I do, or like, I want to, or something like that. He's like, could you decide right now? Yeah. And he's like, yes. And then they pray. I don't know why. Like, I get, I started crying again. And he's like... This and I know movie this, is so, it's designed like, to make you cry. It's like, yeah. Well, there's just a lot of moments where, like, I just remembered that own moment, my own moment in my life when, like, I mean, I was eight when I was baptized, but, like, it's like, could you decide right now? And it's like, yeah, like, even with all the BS in the world, like, if someone asked me right now, like, I could still say yes, but mm-hmm. I don't know everyone can say that, but, like, I just, I related to that moment yeah. where you're scared, but you still say yes. And when he goes and dunks him underwater, it's, like, this really stylized yeah. shot where, like, Greg is like in the, in the water. water, and it's, like, it, it's, again, like, this movie is pretty, shot pretty well. There's some, like, pretty good shots in it. I was, like, dang, so I'm, like, dang, this is pretty good so mm-hmm. he's underwater and then he comes back up and he and Lonnie hug <laughs> and then him and Lonnie him and Kathy really start getting involved with the church yeah and um so Chuck and Lonnie have opened a house for like people to stay in which my mind since I work in a church I'm like oh my gosh that's like safe sanctuary violations <laughs> like, like but of course it's the 70s yeah. in California things and it's, are different I mean, it's then a yeah. it's a commune setting a commune. they all work together um so Chuck sorry not Chuck um Greg his mom, as we know, she's kind of a hot mess. So she has a new boyfriend move in, so she's got to kick Greg out. And Greg's got like, I got nowhere else to go. Has anyone seen Officer and Gentleman? Please write in. Yeah. So he moves into the commune. Yes. And he wants to start dating Kathy seriously. <laughs> and he says this line, Adriana, say it. It's he so goes, funny. He's like, um, he goes, I can't remember what he says at the beginning. He's like, if you, if ever, you ever get between me and God, like, like this ends and she's We're like done. what i think <laughs> it's it played for laughs like it's yeah. not to be like it's supposed to be like greg what are you like talking greg about Shaw. yeah but i'm like, sorry like <laughs> that is how some people at like i know for a fact at osu would have uh, like hey like i want to date you but if you get between me and god like this is over and i just have been like prayer dawn like why would yeah. you even say that to me <laughs> so greg you know he just graduated high school it's now mm-hmm. the summer and he's living in this commune and him, also Lonnie's wife is there. Yes, um, and she's fun. I like her. Yeah, she was. She was a good character. She would just pop in sometimes. Yes. but also they would fight sometimes. Yeah, they would have marital strife, which we know in real life Lonnie was gay, and it was kind of an open secret. I mean, they kind of he mentioned he was up in San Francisco, and like that was. A major area for gay people. Maybe that was time. like a nod at like. I kind of <laughs> felt like it was. I didn't know. I was like, but they never outright no explain. They, yeah, it's important to note they never outright sit, mention that at all. Like that is not a part of his character at all in this movie. Um, but yeah, so Lonnie has a wife in this movie. He has a wife in real life, and they're like him. So Connie, Lonnie, a bunch of different hippies, and Greg are living in this house. Greg starts to want to date Kathy seriously, and um, the hippies raise money for him to get a car. Mm-hmm. 
and you have to pray over it yeah it's super it's, hilarious it's, it's so funny it's a junker he goes up to you know kathy's you know big Which, ass house yeah. big, big ass house and he talks with her parents and her parents are like so greg what is it that you do and he's like well right now nothing <laughs> he's like he's like i work at a church I'm like oh did they pay you he's like no and she's like it's more volunteer i was like oh these conversations are triggering me like he just volunteers and, <laughs> and i'm like he just graduated high school yeah but like but the weird thing about this movie which like the weird thing about this movie is that I feel like Kathy and Greg are played as so much older when when you really think about it they're like 17 18 years old like yeah, that's kind of oldest, crazy they're 19 yeah like that's kind of cr- when you think about what they're doing so Greg gets really into his comic strips he starts making biblical ones um and Christian ones and they start distributing them it kind of um meanwhile the church is getting so big that they have to open up like a tent, mm-hmm. a white tent, white tent revival. Yes, we're here, baby. We're at a revival, and it's just getting huge. Like they're passing out pamphlets. They're starting. It's the Times. The reporter is kind of starting to interview people because they're working on a little story. But maybe it's not such a little story. Maybe it's a big story. Maybe, maybe a front page oh, well, story. They, and they don't. Well. This is so stupid because I feel like I knew he was a Times reporter when he first... Because during Chuck's first sermon at the beginning of the movie, Chuck holds up the Time magazine where it's like, is God dead? It's mm-hmm. a very famous cover. And um, I'm like, oh, that's like a setup for something. And then this reporter starts hanging around. Like, but he doesn't reads? say what what publication he's with. He doesn't say if it's a it's book like, or a magazine. Oh, a magazine up north. I'm like, shut up. And I was like, I was like, oh, so Time magazine, is that what's gonna be the big reveal at the end? Is like And guess what? It was. It but was anyway. Like, yeah. So it starts to gain steam and they're calling and they, him the yeah. Jesus people, you know, they're you know, they're they're cool. They're they want you to come talk to about God, but they're also cool. And like that was very new for the time. That was not like we kinda joke now the youth pastor who's chill with the kids, but like this was very new for that time. And um so Lonnie and Chuck, it's getting so big, Lonnie's starting to crack under pressure a little bit. Yes. So during their church sermons, sometimes Chuck would preach, sometimes Lonnie would preach. Um, They would have a worship band. It was a huge occasion. But in one sermon in particular, Lonnie starts getting what he perceives as like visions or God telling him, hey, you need to heal someone. And so he did. He would do that. And you see the look on like Greg and Kathy's faces and Chuck's face. Like they're like, whoa. And so no one's initially super alarmed. They're like, whoa, that's crazy. Like so Lonnie, he starts doing healing. Um like miracle healing work allegedly at, at these at these services which in the movie they portray as that is kind of out of Chuck's comfort zone which I think is interesting considering in real life he worked for a healer evangelist mm-hmm. but in the movie they portray it as like this is like behind the first crack like this is outside of Chuck's comfort zone as a pastor yeah and it's kind of implied that Lonnie he like is kind of propositioning himself to be the face of this movement. Like, mm-hmm. in one of... He gets interviewed by somebody, and they're like, are you the face of this movement? And Lonnie's like, yeah. <laughs> like, 
ask him, which I thought this was such a crazy thing to ask. Like, she's like, would you consider yourself a prophet? And he, I mean, I like that they kind of portrayed, like he was trying to be very careful with his answer because I truly do think Lonnie believed he was hearing things from God. Like I think in his mind, like God was in fact telling him, hey, heal people. I'm giving mm-hmm. you the power to do this. I, I think, yes, a lot of it could have gone to his head a little bit. He's still a human being. He's not Jesus. He's not perfect. But like, I do think Lonnie truly did believe that God was trying to use him to help people. And so he gives this answer and he's like, well, like if a prophet is supposed to do this and I'm doing this, then I guess, yes, I am a prophet. And everyone's kind of like, um, what was that? Yeah, but it's getting so big that and Lonnie's acting this way that it's causing problems between him and Chuck Mm -hmm. and also him and his wife, Connie. Like, their marital problems are getting worse. And um, Chuck is like, oh, I'll send Lonnie down to Riverside and make him somebody else's problem, basically. And Lonnie's like... To help this this other failing church. Yeah, to help this other failing church. And Lonnie's like, the spirit isn't calling me to go down Riverside. (laughs) And frankly... Who is the spirit calling to go down <laughs> Riverside? But you see, like, there's these scenes where... And then Lonnie, like, like um, Greg hears, like, it sounds like someone's crying or yelling. And he, like, looks into the backyard. And Lonnie is, like, near tears, like, begging God. Like, he's praying. He's like, God, please keep using me. Like, Lonnie's clearly, like, he, like you said, cracking he's, he's cracking under the pressure. the pressure. Like, there's a lot of pressure on him. Like... And, you know, how much of it is him, how much of it is him, like, feeling the need to continue to, quote-unquote, perform versus, like, actually doing good work for God. Mm-hmm. We don't know. So it's it's a, getting rough. And Lonnie, you know, is – Chuck sees that Lonnie is not doing well. So that's why he wants to send him to this other church. Lonnie's like, no, I'm not going there. And Greg goes <laughs> – well, I'll go down there with his little comics. He's like, I'll talk. They want to start a youth service mm-hmm. at this, you know, dying church. And 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 Greg's like, send me down there. I'm a young person. Greg is portrayed in the movie that he's like 18. Yeah. I'm like, okay. And he goes and he's like, oh my gosh. There's like 12, you know, young people there, which, you know. Are they supposed for, to be Catholic? I was I confused. I was also confused. Because they had a Catholic. His name was Father. Like yes. the guy there was. And he was wearing what appeared to be like Catholic priest robes. And so I was like, okay, interesting. Like we're having a crossover event. I don't know. Yeah, crossover. <laughs> and and Greg and Kathy go down to this church and he kills it. They have a little Bible study, and they're, they're like, yeah, like, this is great. This is cool. The Bible is cool now. The Bible is cool now. And so you're starting to, even though there are cracks, you're saying, oh, like, things are, you know, they're having more people come to this church. Greg is now excelling. Like He's maybe is, on the path to be a pastor himself. Yes. But then it all comes crashing down. I feel like it happens so quickly. So. Right around the moon landing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we do see a moon landing scene in this movie. How yeah. it couldn't be a seventies movie without it. So, so I guess it's sixty nine. Oh yeah, my apologies. Or seventy eight. Sixties early. Yeah, late sixties. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Whenever the moon landing yeah. happened. <laughs> so, um, the moon landing happens. Greg mom. Greg's mom calls him, and she's like, "Greg, baby dear, come home." Sing for me, Greg. And he's like, no. He's like, no, Mom. I won't. I got a new life now. I got a new family now, Mom. I think he pretty much says that. And then he hangs up. But 
That's like one thing. Then he wants to ask Kathy's father for her hand in marriage. And Kathy's father's like, you literally have no job. You have no prospects. Um, no, not allowed. Which fair. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> honestly, I'm kind of low-key. Which Kathy's parents are very much portrayed like they don't really understand. Because Kathy's super involved in this church too. And like, they don't really get it. Like, which I'm a little surprised by, but I guess because... It's Southern California. I'm just, to me, like, if I was, like, mom, dad, like, I'm super involved in this church, I doubt they would care. I just, maybe because of the various individuals at the church, they're a little more concerned. Because, I mean, when you think about it, like, oh, the worst thing your child is doing is, like, super... Going to church. Going to church and being super involved and helping people. Like, oh, scary. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm just a little confused by... Kathy's perspective but I think it's Kathy's parents that make the point to say like okay like is this a church or a cult I think one of them says that at one point which I'm like you know what fair enough like we got we got some interesting leadership happening and not that I think Lonnie as was doing anything nefarious necessarily but he was definitely getting a big following behind him that you know were they really following God or were they following Lonnie you know there is mm-hmm. kind of that question so um so the that's that's Greg's. Greg has two strikes. He, <laughs> mommy issues, and his girlfriend's parents won't let him marry her. Then he gets another strike. That youth service that he put on that went really well. Chuck is like, "Hey, man, sorry. For some reason, he can't do it anymore. They got someone more qualified to do yeah. it." And Greg's like, oh, "What? My drawings? <laughs> my, <laughs> my, my comics?" <laughs> So that's the third strike. But then a fourth blow comes. Mm -hmm. Lonnie and Connie, the pressure is getting to be too much. They're fighting too much. They're him, like Lonnie and Chuck are fighting too much. Lonnie goes, is like, hey man, I'm going to Florida. We're going to do ministry there. And Greg's like, no, Lonnie, don't. My father figure. No. (laughs) So yeah, not only. My surrogate mother and father. No. So we find out that, so Greg, as we know, his dad is left. Find out that that wasn't his biological father, but that man adopted him. So now this is three fathers that have left Greg. So his bio dad left him. His adopted father left him. And now Lonnie is leaving him. Uh This guy can't get a break. So he's like, he's having... He's having a, a personal crisis, a spiritual crisis. And then the final blow comes. <laughs> we don't keep saying the final blow. Yeah, this is actually... I forget, I forget how much happens to Greg in such a short <laughs> period of time. Yeah. So, so this is the final blow. Okay, all right, all right. So Lori... Lori, that's Kathy, my bad. Um, Kathy rolls up in a... Beautiful- no, I was talking about his mom. Huh? His mom. Oh my, wait, what? Oh my god, well, I feel like there's even more, because, no, okay, so I feel like there's two, two more Oh yeah, his mom gets in a car accident, and almost dies, and she has, like, a scar on her face, and somehow I feel like it's supposed to be, like, ha, she's not beautiful anymore, because she sinned, and I'm like, what? Like, I I don't, I don't think that's what the movie was saying, I think she thought that her, only her beauty, that she only had value in her beauty, but then, um, but then Greg comes in and he's like, you're more than your beauty. You're like, also my mom. <laughs> and also, you can have more meaning than just your beauty if you become a Christian. And then we see her get out of bed for the first time in this. Actually, 
don't. Okay, so she was out of bed. She obviously had to be in a car when she got in the car accident. But like this, the majority of the time she's in bed and she gets up and they have a talk. And he's like, you're not just your, you're not just your beauty. You're not just the men that you date. You, there's so much more to life and there's so much more. Like you can have so much more. So Greg's mom gets in on the Christian train, allegedly. But can I just say, like, is this... I'm like, I'm sorry, is this like Zuko from Avatar Last Airbender? Like, you're more than your scar. I'm like, what's happening here? But Well, uh, you know, a, par- a, see, a, a yeah. component of her character, of Greg's mom, it's established that she has problems with men. Yeah. And she has kind of s- sees her ability to get men and her beauty as her only asset. Yeah, I feel but, that. But, you know, <laughs> like, same girl. Same girl. I, I was thinking, I was like, gosh, I hope his mom is dead. Like, I hope she's not watching this. Yeah. I hope, I'm like, was this true or is this, like, the oh, based on a true story thing? his mom apparently was married, like, seven times and they moved around a lot. So I think okay, it is so kind it of is true. He, I think he did have a tumultuous bringing up. So... Greg's mom has issues, but it seems like she's going to be okay. But there is something else that happens. And so so Kathy rolls up in the car. She's like, Greg, I heard what my parents said, and that was so rude of them, and I am so sorry. And she's like, so, like, I heard you, like, kind of want to marry me. And he's like, this is the, okay, so I accidentally yelled, like, oh, fuck off in the theater when this happened. and Around a bunch of, a bunch old, of old people. people. <laughs> and I felt bad about it, but I just was so like, I was like, oh, you whiny man. Like, I just got triggered. So um, In his defense, a lot was happening. I know, but I just, this was I'm like, dude, you need to do this to your girlfriend right now. Like, let's, let's, let's chill out. So he's sitting on the porch all dejected because, you know, his, all of his three dads have left him at this point. And so, um, <laughs> rents due. The lights are off. <laughs> he had nowhere else to go. And then Kathy's like, "Hey, like by the way, you know, like the answer would be yes, like if you wanted to get married." And he's like, "Don't even worry about it. I didn't even buy a ring." I said, "Oh, screw you, buddy! Like you're gonna take down your sweet girlfriend." And then he's like. Everyone leaves me, Kathy. Everyone leaves Which, me. Here's Kathy saying, I won't leave you. I yeah. want to be with you. She's like, I only want to be with you. Yeah. And Greg's like, no. <laughs> Which I appreciated. Because in my, the first thought that came to my mind is like, well, Greg, that's the point. Like, because God doesn't leave you. Like, yes, everyone could leave. But you know who doesn't leave you? God. Capital G-O-D. And, but the movie didn't come right out and say that. Like, I really was like waiting for Kathy to say that. But. She did it. No one does. I was like, okay, way to like, you know. Treat your audience like they're actually smart. Yeah. Like like, not turning to the camera and calling them stupid (laughs) and being like, God never leaves you. It lets the audience member. Yeah, I was actually slightly, maybe I shouldn't be, but I was actually slightly impressed because usually Christian movies love to be like, spell out exactly what you're supposed to think about it. But this one was like. Hey, it looks like Greg's having a tough time. You know who could help him with that tough time? You figure it out. And it's like, whoa. Like, I, to me, I feel like I really was trying to think about this because the way when I watch something like, even like, well, The Shack is a different example because God's like an actual character in The Shack. So I, I feel like I can't even use that as an example. I'm trying to think of another Christian movie I've seen. Um, Heaven is for Real. I read that book and I watched that movie. So God is such like, it's kind of reminds me of the story of Esther. I'm going to just keep talking about Esther. I'm just going to keep bringing her back up. Whereas, like, God is not actually, like, roaming around in the movie, like, running around. Whereas I feel like in movies, other Christian movies, like, God almost feels like 
another character. Whereas in this movie, God's talked about a lot and you get the feeling like, oh, God did that. But like God's never actually like a physical character. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I feel like this movie, and I liked this because I feel like it's more closer to real life where, you know, you're not always like, oh, God's sitting at the kitchen table with me or Jesus is sitting at the kitchen table with me, but you still like feel his presence from time to time or like get, you know, God winks like, oh, like God did that and you realize it later or something like that. Whereas I feel like in a lot of Christian movies, they kind of hit you over the head with mm-hmm. it. But in this movie, it didn't have to. They sh- they showed they didn't, didn't tell. tell. Yes. That's what it is. Yes, they, we love a movie that shows. They showed the tell. works of God without actually being like, hey, this was a work of God. Like, which I know that doesn't make sense because the movie talks about God all the time, but like it, it really does like I just, rather show it than actually being like and God did that. Well, like, I've said this before, and I'll yeah. say it again. I really ha- hate when movies are like, let's turn towards the camera and tell the audience exactly what <laughs> yeah. the message we're trying to portray and think and feel. I liked how this movie kind of just, it, it was telling a story. And they're yes. like, whatever, like, meaning you to the About audience. About God, yeah. you took from it. So... By this time, there's like 20 minutes left of the movie, and I'm like, dang, how is this gonna turn around for Greg? Yeah, like he's got nowhere, he's got nowhere else to go. No dad, <laughs> no dad. Kind, of, his mom is slowly inching back into his life, but he kind of no girlfriend, no girlfriend, um, no job. <laughs> he's got nothing. But he, well, actually, now that I think about it, it's the experience with his mom that kind of helps him. Yeah, so that's his turning point of. The thing with his mom, he's like... When he hmm. forgives his mom. Yeah, he forgives his mom for, you know, being a crummy mom and having <laughs> 17 boyfriends. And I'm like, it's sad. It's sad. And um, but so, she, yeah. so he's hanging out in Pirate Cove, reflecting, you know, the thing with his mom kind of woke him up and he's reflecting on, you know, all the mistakes he's made, you know, with, you know, Kathy and maybe if he's done things differently. And who comes up and walking is chuck and him and chuck have like one i feel like they only have like one conversation in the movie but for some reason it's established that they have a close relationship because you know uh greg is really involved in the church and um you know lonnie has left but uh calvary church is still going and um greg is reflecting in pirate cove well even sorry i don't interrupt but even like after Lonnie left, Chuck had his own crisis because he was like, they're not here for me. Like they're here. Like they're, they're not here for me. They're here for Lonnie. And his wife looks up. She's like, you think like you are so great. You could stop God's plans. Like get, basically get your ass out there. Like you think you're so great. Like, Oh, like she's like, I think he's like, I think God chose the wrong person. She's like, you really think God would make a mistake like that? Get out there. Get hurt (laughs) people. So Chuck feels more like, He's, like, for more confident in his ability to lead this new church now that yeah. Lonnie has left. So that's kind of where Chuck's at when he goes to speak to Greg when he's feeling so low. Yeah, Greg is feeling low, and, and Chuck's like, hey, man, I'm sorry that I took away your guest <laughs> preaching spot. <laughs> sorry I took away your comments. Yeah, trips. he's like, I'm really sorry. Like, I've been, you know, dealing with stuff, and I'm you know, you got caught in the crossfire. I'm really sorry. And he was like, but I bought this old abandoned church. And then Greg's like, what are you going to do with it, Chuck? (laughs) And then Chuck's like, 
I'm going to give it to you. And, and then the keys. And I cried. I'm like, wow. I'm like the old passing down to the young. And then why they're there. So Greg is going to fulfill his dream and become a pastor. And while they're sitting on the Pirate Cove, there's a group of five teens from Texas. Yeehaw. And they're like, hey, is this where the baptisms happen? We just heard down the road. We we're here. Yeah. <laughs> we were listening to the radio and we heard you guys baptize people. Which these kids live in Texas. Like... Very biblical. They, I'm like, I'm like, there's no one from Texas coming out to Southern California. I don't know, maybe, maybe there was, so, maybe but I was so. just like, okay, come on. But um, they're like, they're like, let's, can we get baptized? And then Greg's like, yeah, let me baptize you. Which, what qualifications does yeah, Greg, I Greg have went to, to seminary school? To, but that's fine. Which not every <laughs> not pastor has, has to. to go to seminary school. But Greg's not even considered a pastor by you know Chuck yet. Like Chuck just gave him the keys. <laughs> He's never even been inside. But you like know what? John the Baptist. That's got so out, true. Which I don't want to compare Greg because Greg does a lot of bad things. Yeah, in real which life. we'll talk about. But you know, John the Baptist, he just kind of got out there and did his thing. So who cares? Yeah. <laughs> so Greg baptizes these five kids, and then Greg runs to Kathy's house, and he's dripping wet on the floor. Comes through the door, and is and then he's like, "Hey, I know you don't want me here, but the dad's like, she's in the other room." And he's like, "Whoa!" Because the dad ha- at this point has gone to like one service, and he gets it. He's yeah. like, "You know what? I thought you guys were weird, but I get it now." Yeah. So. Greg runs in. He gets what Kathy's like deal with the church is now. He doesn't think she's a weirdo. Yeah. He's like, my daughter, I take back what I said. You're actually not weird. You're actually, this church stuff is kind of cool. It's pretty cool. So when Greg comes dripping to the floor, Kathy's dad is like, you know what? This is probably a church thing. Kathy, he's in there. Like, you know, Kathy's in there. And then she's scorned. She's looking off. And her dress was so pretty. I know. I loved all of her. I hate to say I loved all her outfits. I was like, they I were, want that dress. Was, again, she was the least period accurate out of everybody. I feel like everybody ha- seems like they could be oh, in the Jeanette, 70s. Chuck Smith's daughter, who later joins the worship band. I was like, get oh, it, girl. Her, her outfits were incredible. <laughs> get it, girl. But Kathy was the least period accurate. But her dress in this scene is beautiful. But, um, you know... Greg is like, Kathy, I messed up. I'm so stupid. She's like, I know you I are. I only want to be with you. <laughs> and then Kathy's like, oh, are you asking me to marry you right now? He's like, um, what would you say if I was? And she's like, and this is a callback. But she said, yeah, I guess I would say if you try to get between me and God, we're, we're done. done. She's like, but yeah. And then. So slay of they, her. <laughs> and she slayed so hard. And then they kiss. And then. I wouldn't say the credits roll because they don't because then hmm, that little article that was being written turns out it was the front page of Time Magazine. It's a picture of Jesus. Which mirrors the, of course, like we said, it mirrors the beginning because in the beginning the Time Magazine article that was published was, Is God Dead? And then at the end of the movie, the Time Magazine that was published was Jesus Jesus Revolution or Mm -hmm. Jesus People or something like that. So it's like. Whoa, Jesus is on the front cover of Time Magazine. We did that, guys. Like, like Jesus' impact. If, <laughs> if, if, like, Instagram had been around then, I just know people would have been like, guys, wow, when you look at our broken world and then you see, like, how Jesus is on, like, the front cover of a magazine, that's really crazy. It's like, it's actually not crazy at all. Like, there's a lot of Christians. <laughs> like, it's really not that but, you know, weird or crazy. You're talking about Instagram. There were so many times in the movie that I turned to Adriana and I was like, wow, this kind of mirrors what we're going through, like, yeah. right now. Like, a lot of strife. I don't want to be like, these divided times. But, like, it's true. Like, we are very divided. There is a lot of strife. There's a lot of bad things happening in the world. Um, 
especially to trans people. And so we just want to say, like, of course, we are always supportive of trans people in the church. And if you're not in the church, that's cool, too. But, you know, these are not good times for a lot of groups of people. And so, like, watching this movie, I found myself being like, ah, like, I kind of, like, I get it. Like, I am kind of disillusioned sometimes because, like, what's what's the point of me believing in this thing when, like, there's all this bad stuff happening? Which mm-hmm. I know, like... That's like an age old. And again, like Jeanette, the mouthpiece of her generation, (laughs) has a conversation with Chuck, and she's like, I was almost done with this. Yes! Oh, yeah, I I forgot about that. I didn't see Jesus anywhere. Where where is the love? And then. um, What if God (laughs) was one one of us? (laughs) So, but the Time Magazine publishes Yay, and they have little, like, blurbs um, blurbs about, like, what happened afterwards. So it's like, Chuck. The freaking kept going, yeah, to the church. kept going to church and he and Lonnie reconciled years later yeah. about and I was like interesting and then like Lonnie continued to have a movement and help people in Florida with his church like Vineyard or whatever and it's like um interesting that like, that's all that they talked about yeah and then like, like something like, else happened afterwards I yeah feel like, right? crazy they didn't they're like he died in 1993 that's it nothing else I'm like that's interesting Anyway, then, then, and then it's like <laughs> Greg, Greg and Kathy are still happily married and they still baptize people in Pirate's Cove. I was like, dang. And they have this big ass mega yeah. church that has like the screen that you see that it's like a it's arena. called the Harvest, which that name sounds very ominous to me. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, okay. So afterwards we walk out and we're like, you know, that's good. Would we watch it again? Probably not. But, you know, it, it. It told a story, but I think it's important for people to remember that movies, their first priority, any form of media, first priority is to entertain. And even though this is based on a true story, it didn't tell the full story. So obviously the full story, Lonnie was a very deeply closeted gay man and that, you know, was not mentioned in the movie at all. Like didn't even mention it. And you know, I think it is something that like, I'm torn because on one hand, I'm like, gay representation, but it's really not gay representation at all. But on one hand, I'm like, you know, there is something kind of beautiful about, like, if we were to believe, like, God had his hand in all of this, and I do, like, if there is something, like, kind of weirdly beautiful that, like, God chose this gay man, I mean, even though he was in the closet, to kind of kickstart this movement. And, you know, we talked about this last week. I wish there'd been more good that kind of, come out of that um but you know he's a a complicated figure Mm -hmm. and the movie didn't touch on like the messier parts of any one of their lives i mean chuck smith he's portrayed pretty good in the movie um he was he had like an end of times prediction and he thought the world was gonna end in 1981 he was very vocal about this and then him and his congregation waited this is in real life not in the movie um waited yeah New they Year's did not Eve. talk about this in the movie yeah um 1981 and then when you know the year they were like huh the world didn't end and then a lot of people left the church well, because of the that thing. it's like that's, why isn't Calvary Church, like, around, like, why isn't it this big thing anymore today? Like, they just kind of skirted past that. Well, it did like, kind of get culty. He also yeah. made a lot of, he was like, oh, the September 11th terrorist attacks occurred because of homosexuality. It's like, well, no. Like, that's not <laughs> well, what. Well, <laughs> um, I don't think so, but okay. And so, and, I mean, even Greg Laurie, like... 
He's very evangelical. Um, Which evangelical is a bad word. I know we use it as a bad word in here, but sometimes there's not like a really good substitution that we can use. Like he's, when I say evangelical, I mean, he's very, and I, I mean that also kind of as a neutral term. Like when I say evangelical, I mean like he, his goal is to get as many people in the church as possible. Um, Really as many people into his church. Yeah. Like. I mean, I think it's interesting. It's called The Harvest. I just, I mean, it's because, like, I'm a Hunger Games girl. Like, that just sounds <laughs> On so... TikTok, they are having Hunger Games revival. Oh, I'm glad, because oh, that was my jam. Because the new movie's coming out. Yeah. But anyway, side Sorry. Ball. But, yeah. like, so these people are deeply flawed. But I liked that, because I, I mentioned last week I was curious on how they were going to, like, address Lonnie. And I really feel like they gave him a nice tribute at the end. They're like, he, he did start a ministry in Florida. Like, he did continue to spread the word of God. Like, he and Chuck um, set aside their differences or whatever, and he died in 1993. Like, that's all they really talked about. But we know he died from AIDS. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think I think it's... I mean, I, I don't know if I would have wanted the movie to even go into it. I don't think they would have handled, handled it well. It. Well, you know, Greg Laurie was an executive producer on this movie. Yeah. So, obviously, Greg probably he knew. is not... An, it's his story. He's not going to portray it in an objective light. Yeah. You know, and Greg, like we said, he's got his own things that mm-hmm. like in the movie it was very much portrayed as they all had theological differences and that's why the church had its cracks which is true they did have yes. theological differences i mean obviously lonnie which we know in real life chuck was sort of in the healing evangelical tract but in the movie it's kind of seen as like that was a little bit out of his comfort zone or at least lonnie's big style like the more I don't want to say weirder parts. I don't want to use that word mystical. weird. More mystical, like healing. God's telling me to heal someone. Yeah. Like kind of stuff. Like in the movie, most people are portrayed as being uncomfortable with it. Um, and that's kind of as cited as another reason for Lonnie leaving. Because Lonnie was like, no, God's telling me to do this. Um, but yeah, there's something else I was going to say. It was about... Greg. Oh, I was just going to say that Greg being... You said he was an executive producer. Yeah. Well, then, like, honestly, it's kind of interesting that Greg, who has to know the true story behind everything, like, him betraying Lonnie as being this father figure for him, like, I mean, I don't know how much say he had in the script or anything, but I do think... I think everyone has a complicated relationship with each other. That's my yeah. interpretation is everyone's like, ooh, I have these deep-seated, like, things I feel about you, but I also love you. Like, that's kind of the vibe I was getting. I was like, you guys need to sort this out. I mean, of course, almost everyone's dead except Craig, but, mm-hmm. like, that was kind of was like, oh, like, you guys are all – it seems like they really did care about each other. I hope they did in real life. And they they did have deep history with one another. Yes. And so it was interesting to see that play out on screen. So is it worth a watch? I'd say yes. I'm going to give it yes. If you understand that it is a movie and it's not... Its goal is to entertain you, Mm -hmm. then yes. It's heavily... Like, the story is heavily sanitized. The theology is heavily sanitized. They omit a lot of stuff. They probably sprinkled in a lot of stuff. Like, they don't really go into depth about what the church believes in at all, except they just believe in God. Which, you look at some of their theological positions afterwards. Like, my thing is, like, did they think people weren't going to, like, Google any of these people afterwards? Like, first of all, you figure out that Chuck 
led a doomsday yeah (laughs) then you figure out that you know greg was like on an advisory board that you know trump had which i'm sure a lot of people that really like this movie would not have a problem with yeah um and then but what they would have a problem with is Lonnie being gay. And yeah. like, that's like, that's one of the largest portions of his, his Wikipedia. I My know. thing is like, yes, I, I feel like, you know, they wanted to tell this story. I felt like it was a good movie. I didn't feel like I wasted my time watching the mm-hmm. movie. I thought it was like, I was entertained. I had a good time. Um, it was fun, but um, I, I don't think it's, this thing that people are like, wow, like this movie, the fact that this movie is in theaters, like that's crazy. I'm like, it's actually not crazy. No, there's it's not all crazy there's at all. <laughs> like they're like, whoa, I can't believe a movie like this would even get made today. I'm like, what are you? I hate those people. I'm sorry. I'm like, guys, you're not oppressed like enough. I we've we've said this before. But I'm so sick of Christians trying to position themselves as the victim in every scenario I'm like you're not you're not the victim and the, the, I not, promise. let me tell you this was distributed by Lionsgate any big movie studio is going to push out a movie that they think is going to make money and obviously like it's first of all this movie is getting made in this movie got put out in February February is a low time for movies so they're just throwing things out like maybe people will like this like it's not like, I saw Cocaine Bear a week before I saw yeah. this movie. <laughs> yeah, there's February's a weird month for movies, and that's why this movie came out in February. Like, this, a movie studio, Lionsgate will put out, you know, a Christian movie one week, and then they'll put out a super, you know, maybe like a uh, super action movie yeah. or something the next week. Like, it's, it's, it's a business, yeah. you know? And, like, so kind of what we touched on with our last episode of like it it would be kind of nice to be free and not worry about like what people think about how I worship like because I do want to like sometimes I do like feel call I want to be one of those people who raise their hands in the air like during the worship music but I worry about coming across as one of those people that have hurt others with their like the way they believe in God mm-hmm. like and so and part of me is like, oh, why can't I just, you know, let go and only think about God? And I I kind of found the answer to my question. Well, the reason, like, like I can just think about God, but, like, someone who, for some people, they can't just think about God. Like, they also have to think about how this institution that appears to represent God has treated them, and that's not always the best way. And, like, I am a... I am a cis woman and like I have enjoyed many privileges and I, the church has, while the church has been harmful to me in some aspects, not nearly as harmful as it has for some groups of people. And so like, I can be like, well, I just want to like, let go and like, be let God, let go, let God, like be (laughs) open about my faith. And I'm not ashamed to be, it's not about shame. Like I want to make that very clear. It's not like I'm ashamed to be a Christian. I just don't want to push anyone away because I'm like over here being like, well, I love God. Well, and like, when, what if I'm like hurting them? Because you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I struggle with that a lot because I don't want to hurt anyone. I don't want anyone to feel like they can't talk to me about things because they're like, oh, Adriana, like, she's such a Christian. Like, I can't tell her about this thing. It's like, no, you can tell me. Like, well, I will say something that you have that's benefits you in this situation is you live in Oklahoma and the majority of people yeah, here are true, Christian. Yeah, that's another, yeah. Um, whereas this 
maybe this was like a phenomenon in Southern California because maybe the majority of people there are not, you know, don't yeah. have that history of the church like we do here in the Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say just be authentically you. I mean, I do think like people will see, again, like see movies like this and be like, oh, like, yes like we should but be then like you this. Yeah, yeah but it's like okay that's easier said than done because again this is not this is based on a tr- true story but it's not a true story like mm-hmm. it's not like the movies like it's there's things that are more complicated and yes. like i'm sure we see a movie movement like this and we're like oh why can't that happen here i'm like well it didn't even happen there not in the way that this movie is portraying it to yeah. be like yes it did happen but like this is a glorified sanitized version that omitted a lot of things and then you look up some of the people that are involved in this afterwards and you're like oh i don't want to be associated with that like we said like this movement did set up the christian right which has been a force in taking rights away from people so i would say i know you didn't ask for advice (laughs) i would say just authentically be you just don't try to you know, I'm speaking more to the listeners now. Like, you know, I'm sure you see this and you're like, I want to be like that. Don't try and be like anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, just try follow, and yeah. follow your faith. Faith is a personal journey. We walk it together, granted. We mm-hmm. walk it together. But, like, each person's relationship with God is unique in its own way. And, like, if you, like, I just sometimes I worry like, okay, that open, bold style of worship is usually accompanied by a church or a group that hates like people I love. Mm -hmm. And so I hesitate to be like that because I'm like, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to. But I think I'm going to trust in God that if I did, you know, if I was expressive about my faith. God would hopefully use me for good because I have good intentions. And so Mm. I have to hope that God would use me for good. Well, that's actually a really big problem. So there's a lot of people that are grew up in more Pentecostal, Uh charismatic, evangelical styles of church. Mm -hmm. And they realize they don't align with the congregation politically anymore. So they want to join a more politically progressive church and then they go to these politically progressive church and there's it's a tiny gray it's a tiny gray room and they don't play the type of music that these people like and they um you know don't jump and raise up their arms during worship and it's mm-hmm. you know in going to certain a lot of progressive churches it's weird a lot of progressive churches do like high church so like you're walking in it's very structured. So, yeah, people walk in and there's a certain level of knowledge that you have to have. And these people that are trying to look for something that more aligns with their political values, they're like, okay, this aligns with my political values, but this is not the kind of church that I want to do. So they just end up leaving the church. And I will say that is something that the progressive church can work on. And there's actually a church in um, Tulsa uh we went to school with his daughter um his name's carlton uh pearson yeah so he he was one of like oral roberts proteges Mm -hmm. and he ended up having a bunch of revelations and he realized that his views did not align with oral roberts 
anymore, but, and he lost his congregation, but he has since come back to Tulsa and rebuilt kind of a new congregation, but he's reaching people that are looking for that kind of, yes, majesty's God. So he's reaching people that are looking for that style of worship and that just like from kind of a Pentecostal lens, um, but that are also ex- uh, accepting and affirming of all different types of people, Good including um, gay people. That's amazing. Because I knew he, I remember hearing about that. Like he, I don't know if it was like a mega church necessarily, but he was the pastor of this huge church. And to me, that's I'm like, that's how you know it's real. Because he like lost everything. Like he put it all on the line. It was like, I had these revelations, like, and I can't, you know, believe these certain things anymore. And the church, you know, he lost his congregation, but that's, am- I didn't know he'd like started a new church, like an affirming church. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. I was also going to add, like, I, I also think like there is a lot of, you know, pressure on like worshiping a certain way, praying a certain way. I mean, I had a friend in college and she was definitely very conservative, like more on like, you know, like, I can't remember. I think she was Baptist, I think. That sounds well right. Yeah, like, I, I it's hard to remember because in college, I church hopped a lot. Like, if one of my friends was like, hey, come to church with me, I'd go. And so, like, I, I really saw a wide variety of churches in Stillwater, Oklahoma. But I couldn't tell you, like, who went to what church. But I remember her telling me, like, she's like, Adrian, I feel so uncomfortable praying. Like, it's, like, the most uncomfortable thing in the world for me. And she went to this church where, like, you know, you're supposed to be very, like, open about praying and, like, have a prayer journal. And, like, like you're supposed to be, like, it's supposed to be this big performance. She's like, I feel so weird. I feel like nothing. And yes. I pray all the time. But like, because she thought of it as a performance, yeah. she would get stage fright. Yes. Like, literally. And I would tell her, I was like, you don't. I was like, she's like, how do you do that? Like, because I, like, talk to God all the time. Like, don't want to sound insane, but, like, when I, like, pray to God, like, I truly feel like sometimes I feel, like, the answer in my heart. Like, I don't think that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, like, I, it is truly a conversation, like, back and forth with God, like, in my heart. And, like, not, not to brag, but, like, I've always been that way. I've been that way since I was a kid. Like, that's always been the way I've prayed. Like, I don't pray, like, you know, out loud and everything, but, like, I just do sometimes if I'm alone, but... Like, I'll just pray in my head or whatever. And she said that just even doing that was so uncomfortable for her. And I remember thinking, like, it's so interesting because we go to such different churches and believe such different things. But, like, I feel more comfortable praying than you do. And maybe, like you said, like, she got stage fright because it was a performance thing. And so, and I told her, like, you don't have to pray a certain way. Like, God's going to listen no matter what. And I guess even if your town is not currently experiencing some huge church jesus revolution thing like there can still be things you can do in your community and through your church to help people like if you want go and watch this movie i guess and you're like oh i wish i could be like that or i wish my church could do something like that guess what they don't have to like they could do something else and it could have like so much impact you don't even know Mm -hmm. so again doing what god calls you to do instead of trying to emulate 
someone else just listen mm-hmm. let go and let god and listen to god <laughs> i can't <laughs> see what if god was one of us anyway so overall i what what did you give the movie out of 10 i gave it um three out of five stars but i'm very i rank my movies very high um i like movies most of I the think time i gave mine i think i gave cocaine bear six out of ten and i feel like i need to give this one like a step up so i gave this movie <laughs> seven out of ten so because i really did enjoy it like i was as like a from just like a story like loosely based on a true story i found it very enjoyable i was moved by it um like so that's why i gave it a seven out of ten mm-hmm. Is it the greatest movie I've ever seen? Like some people were no, saying. Yeah. No, no. Will I watch it again? Probably not. Probably not. But like, I, if someone was like, hey, should I check that out? I'd be like, sure. Like, go ahead. Like, I, I liked it. That's what I would say. <laughs> my recommendation. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. <laughs> that would be my recommendation. So, to wrap up, joys and concerns. Wrap up. Okay. Um, before we get joys and concerns, um, Thank you all for joining us on our movie review. Uh, this was fun. I hope this made sense. Yeah, I'm gonna try to edit it to make sense. <laughs> um, I'm hoping we get to do more of these. This was fun. Yeah, tell us what movie you want us to review. Yeah, we probably should watch um, the Last Temptation of Christ because I messed that up so poorly. <laughs> um, didn't couldn't tell you an actor, a director. Could barely tell you the title of the movie, but I knew what it was. Um, so we'll watch it to make up for that. Um, but thank you guys for joining us for this special bonus episode. And now we'll get into joys and concerns. My concern and my joy is that I'm leaving on a mission trip in two days. By the time this episode gets published, I'll be back. Um, obviously, because I'm not going to edit it while I'm I'm there. But um, I'm concerned. I called Adriana and I was freaking out a little bit because... I didn't know, guys, I didn't know I was supposed to submit these forms into this portal. This guy, the the mission leader guy texted me today and was like, hey, where are your forms? And I was like, well, I have them all here. I had physical copies of the forms. And he was like, no, you need to submit them electronically. And he was like, the adults have to have like a background check and i was like yeah that totally makes sense and he was like you need to get them in right now and i was like okay i also haven't packed i'm also doing laundry right now my tummy hurts because i'm stressed out (laughs) um my face is breaking out because i'm so stressed but i'm also like so happy because first of all i have a good team that's going on this all my students are so excited my, I know some of my friends are going to be on this mission trip. I'm, I mean, I got my, I guess you could say like my call to youth ministry on, on a mission trip. Again, I'm well aware. Maybe you could be someone else's call to youth ministry. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm well aware (laughs) of the problematic aspects of mission work and we will do an episode on mission work in the future and maybe talk about the right and wrong ways to do it and really is there a right way maybe i think so i think that they can be done the right way but i think that it people it's just easier to do them the wrong way just know anything on this podcast and we talk about any aspect of our church lives or our faith lives and you think to yourself actually that's bad we were like we we know yeah, we yeah. know <laughs> like we know and we're trying and but we're it's learning not, yeah 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 like we're trying to you know 
explore our faith and we're not, not hurt we're people. not ex- we're yeah. not experts and we're not at trying all. to listen and learn and grow and absolutely um, so that's just if you guys just want to pray for me yes absolutely. well i'll be back by the time this episode gets back so just um just feel the vibrate if you feel a vibration right now if you're at your home, <laughs> on, on march 9th at 9 p.m <laughs> Um, at time of recording, if you feel a little tremor in your heart, that's not a medical condition. Just know that's that's us asking you to yeah. pray Um, So I guess my joy and concern. Um, my concern is that everyone's leaving me next week. My boyfriend, one of my best friends, yeah, that's you're Kenzie. An, you're an adult now. You don't get a spring break. And everyone's gone. Um, um, and so, I'm just kidding, but I'll... I have lots of pets to take care of over this time, so I won't be totally alone. I have Kenzie's cat. I have my boyfriend's dog. It'll be a good time. Um, so just pray for me as everyone goes off to war and I'm left alone with... When will my husband yes, return Yes, I'm like, war? I'm like, when will my husband, my boyfriend, um, return from war, Ireland, on a bachelor trip <laughs> while I care for his child, his dog. <laughs> that, that's what I'm, that's what... Or his elderly mother. His elderly mother. She's, <laughs> she, she's so Dixie. old. She's, but my dog's an old lady, too, so it's okay. They're old. All dogs are getting There's old. There's nothing wrong with being old. I know. It's just sad. Don't I wish dogs lived forever. I'm not! <laughs> I wish dogs lived forever. Anyway. Um, but my joy is that... I uh, um, I was gonna say I have a dentist appointment tomorrow, which isn't really my joy. But I'm going to Tulsa tomorrow briefly. It's always nice to see my family. Um, things are going good at work. They've been a little less stressful. I think with any new job, and this really was my first year almost coming up on. Yeah, coming up on like my first full year in this career, this field I've chosen. Slay. Yeah, like. And it's always, I think, you know, there's growing pains, but I, I'll i do something at my job. I'm like, ah, oh, like, I'm exactly where I need to be. Like, this is exactly the kind of job I should be in. And so I'm really glad with the work I do in healthcare. And so um, I'm joyful about that. So with that, Kinsey, would you like to lead us in prayer? Yes. Slay. Sorry. Right. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Dear God, thank you so much for giving us this ability to gather together and um, talk about things and um, exchange ideas and most importantly, grow stronger in our faith and in our relationship with you. Please um, bless everyone um, as we go into spring break and um, all that stuff and um, be with us and help inspire us to... um, impact the world around us in a positive way absolutely in your name we pray amen i would also like to add i'm thankful the movies are back baby the movies are back baby and you know what go see a movie that's right and you know what else go in peace amen